Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Alive podcast, the live podcast that you host every Monday. My name is Vihra, and as always, here right next to me are Daya and Vika. And today's our sixth, sixth edition. We're talking about touch. Um, this is a topic that you chose for us. As always, um, we gather here every Monday to talk on a topic that you, as hosts, uh, have chosen for us. So in after two months or even more in some countries of social distancing now we have the topic of human touch uh, something that i think we've all missed more or less so we're super looking forward to see uh, how the discussion today is going to go but for this we need you so please give me a sign if you're here tell me where do you join from um give me a hi and we hope that in the next i think around one hour um we can yeah dive into a discussion around skin, touch, sensations, um, and yeah, I think I can pass the ball to you girls. Mm -hmm. Thanks for catching it. Thank you for the intro, As always, it's a pleasure to be here, guys, with you uh, every Monday. Um, we are, as Vic said, uh, the three creative minds behind the Life Design Circle. Uh, that is our bigger project and bigger goal. Um, Life Design Circle uh, aims to be an international community of curious minds who want to explore how life could be led differently, uh, mainly how we can realize our dreams and how we can tackle creatively our problems through the means of tools uh, from the field of innovation and design. And we very much think also like entrepreneurs. We are using the resources that are around us. We are looking around um, and also navigating through life by choosing a direction. And then we also like to collaborate with each other on the way. So that, that's what we stand for and that's the circle for. So um, join our community. And um, this is a really good start today with the Alive podcast. Mm -hmm. um yes and um interestingly enough we have this twisted version of a normal podcast that vika will present a little bit more about so welcome guys welcome to a live podcast um we create the space to open up it for different discussions on different topics selected by you every monday uh so welcome and we want to invite you to be our host of the of the evening where you can direct our conversations, ask us questions, uh, share your experience, but yeah, but mainly give us some um, directions of our conversation. And I just wanted to say it is a safe space, so please feel free um, to share your experiences. Um, please also be respectful towards each other and let's let's treat it as an opportunity where you can we learn um, from each other experiences and perspectives and thoughts and reflections. So thank you so much for joining. Uh, it's always a pleasure to hear have you with us. I'm very curious, like where are you guys joining us from? As we said, like we are based in Copenhagen and we are based in, in uh, not in Sofia, but in Bulgaria. Where are you right now? I'm in Varna. I'm at the seaside. Varna, yes. <laughs> and how is the mood in Varna? How is the uh, How's it going? <laughs> so rainy and I also feel very low energy today because since I came to the seaside and then the last three days it's just raining cats and dogs, an expression I never understand in English, but it is raining <laughs> cats and dogs. Um, so yeah, the mood is a little bit low energy, but at the same time very cozy. Um, so it's, yeah, a little bit introverted again after being extroverted for a while. Yeah, I mean, I know you always have the the other side I, of the the coin. Yeah, it's always the other side. As I said, like I feel every time it rains at your place, it's it's sunny here, and then it's super sunny at yours, and then it's raining in Copenhagen. So as you imagine, it's sunny in Copenhagen. Great. <laughs> <laughs> we borrowed. <laughs> yes, we borrowed Bulgarian sun, mm -hmm. and. <laughs> So yeah, but it's uh, it's a balance as 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 I think with the mood, uh, it comes up and down. It's good to be aware of that and mm. just adjust accordingly. Oh, we have a, we have somebody from Lisbon joining from Lisbon. Oh wow! Welcome, Nanda. Hi. Nice. Must okay. be also sunny there. <laughs> now, 
I'm really mm. like, uh, happy to see like it's expanding. Like I'm usually like looking who is watching us after the episode, and it's a lot of people from Copenhagen and Berlin and Bulgaria as well. But it's always very exciting also to see people from other cities, countries joining us. So welcome everyone. Um, as you know, as we mentioned before, we're aiming to create this um, international community. Uh, where we welcome people from all over the world to join us on our journey of becoming life designers. Um, yes, and as we're here today talking about uh, touch, this is the topic of our evening today, tonight. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm, um, I'm very excited about our topic today. It's quite unusual for life designers. <laughs> Uh, but maybe I will share a little story where the whole topic came from. Um, I think I got interested in uh, the origins of touching culture or like what does it mean for us to, to be touched and not to be touched a couple of years ago when um, I uh, used to live in Berlin and it was uh, quite a big city. So um, a lot of different interesting people around and a lot of communities to explore, but also because it was such a dynamic and diverse city, you would, you would also feel a little bit lost <laughs> and also disconnected sometimes. And then um, it struck me one day that uh, the fact that maybe for a couple of months, I didn't really had um, such a close physical contact with with people around me. For some reason, we are spending the days very close to each other and talking and sharing, exchanging information verbally. But um, there was no environment that I was kind of exposed to to touch besides my friends. Um, and um, just a quick hug when we say hello and goodbye. And I realized that my body was kind of missing it. Um, and I I was not uh, doing much physical activity at the time and I was not dancing so much. So really there was no no space that I would express this um, this connection. Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking, wow, what, what a big, um, like what, what importance does it have for me? Because I felt, I, I felt that I'm missing it. And I started digging into the topic and I discovered that actually it's a very important thing for on a neurological level. And there is a lot of science, scientific facts also that we prepared for you today a bit um, to discuss. But yeah, that's the story how I missed, <laughs> I missed it. And then I realized that I really want to, understand better why is it so important to to know more mm -hmm. about touch um yeah back at the time I, I was planning to do a documentary but maybe that will come someday mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah um i'm thinking maybe we can have like a warm-up question to our host slash audience um um what is your experience with touch do you do you guys believe it has an impact on us as a human being can it affect us um yeah what are your thoughts do you believe it has a power of uh yeah for influencing our well-being or mm -hmm. it's probably not affecting you just curious um, i can give an example on that maybe for me um because i also spent a lot of time in berlin um i think third year after I was there, I went to a festival in Copenhagen called Move uh, Copenhagen, which is like a festival around different kinds of movement, um, very yoga and mindfulness um, related. Um, so the whole community there, it was some kind of already in the festival that people were um, giving a hug every time for good morning, for good night. Um, there were a lot of massages going on um, around the different areas in the festival which for me at first, coming from the cold city of Berlin, um, was very, I don't know, I, I felt a little bit uh, different at start. And then I thought that when I open up or when somebody's welcoming me in such a way and it's showing, hey, this is how we do it here and it's very friendly. Um, I remember that I went out of the festival smiling and super happy. And I even for the next few days afterwards, when I went home, I was like hugging all of my roommates and it was, the moment where you do this first step, uh, actually people most of the time feel comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. um, however, I also know that in some cultures it's a little bit more difficult and there are people who um, are not used to 
such kind of or maybe different kind of um, welcoming or like sharing um, closeness. So it's a really interesting topic. That's why I'm very curious if we have um, like the more people, the more international people we have in our audience today, the more we can compare like what is um, usual and unusual where because we are talking about hooks right now, but maybe in the other side of the world, hooks are very weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It's a benefit of being international and reaching you guys, which are in different mm -hmm. countries. And yeah, very curious about your experience as well. And yeah, maybe we, we go a little bit backward and uh, start from what is actually touch? Like, what are we talking about? And I think we can touch here a bit upon science. <laughs> so, um, as we looked into it, um, we were looking um, on how does our body perceive touch? What does it mean to touch something? And when we look into it, um, you can see that uh, parts as hands, lips, um, have a lot of uh, neural connections. So that's why um, our touch is mostly you know, happening by hands. This is how we can sense things outside of our body. So we could say it is a form of communication because by touching something, we get some, <laughs> we get some information from the external thing. Um, but also it can be information to another person. So by making a gesture, by yeah, clapping the hand or like touching the back, it's a form of communication. So this is how I see it. And um, I find it yeah interesting. How can we communicate? in the different way in verbal form. Uh, so yeah, so just a fun fact, um, when we talk about those neural connections, um, I might be like mispronouncing some words, but very <laughs> <laughs> new topic for me as well. But just to bring you an example, when we talk about density, how much neural endings we have. Uh, so hands and lips, they have about 100 per um, centimeter, right? And in comparison, the back has only 10. So that's why we can feel way more through our hands and our lips. And yeah, I find it quite interesting. Absolutely. Something that for me was very interesting was that actually the biggest organ in our body is our skin. And because I like when I, I think one month ago, I got asked the questions and I was starting like to, to think, okay, is it the liver? Is it, and, and then I realized it's the skin and it's sending so much uh, signals and small impulses to our brain all of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really so interesting also for me to, to read into these things and um, to understand a little bit more how are we really perceiving and understanding the world around us through this sense. Yes, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. quite good point. I was just about to ask um, also what about the skin? Because mm. I think it's 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 very interesting how we focus our attention to the lips and the hands. It's very much true also that the, the, the first time and the first way how you explore the world as well. But then the skin is so much more part, like there's, there's so much more skin on our bodies that <laughs> we can feel through. Um, and um, I feel that sometimes it's difficult to feel through the skin because... Um, we're also receiving information like visually. So um, when you have, for example, eyes open versus eyes closed, I mm. feel that is a quite a big difference how you perceive um, mm. sensations through the skin. And um, maybe one of the reasons why is because when you when you are with eyes open, you 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 have a lot more information that comes. Uh, through your yeah through your eyes and then you have a mental picture as well um, so you're not allowing so much for other receptors to be open and active mm. so I thought that is a yeah is a very interesting point yeah this is reminding me of something that last year very spontaneously I was in Hamburg and I went into a museum of um, blind people mm. and it's a really nice immersive experience where you go inside for something like one hour and you go through different first uh, it's completely dark so you're with eyes open but there is no way to see anything um, and you go into a guided group and you go through different rooms which some of them are like made as, a, as if you're on the street as if you're on the market and you're buying stuff um, 
and it was such an interesting experience to see how my whole focus was so much more on touching things because for example we were on the market i had to find the bananas and the oranges and i had to really sense all of the the small things to understand what's happening then um we went into a bar we had to pay our bill you start really touching and sensing the coins um so even as a challenge i can um invite you all to just try this to see how much more intense the sense of touch is really becoming when we close something else yeah it's so interesting and uh it's uh, it's one of examples i think how can we train our sense of touch mm. because mm. using all of our senses we just sometimes just merge it in one thing and of course we also like more verbal so we we yeah we rely more on our verbal uh, sense um is it verbal yeah okay good <laughs> something uh yeah but um i think those this ex experience that you had and also we came across some podcast that was uh bringing you into the experience of closing your eyes and um exercising like trying to sense the things that you touch in this moment and go around the room and uh, i think it's quite interesting because yeah this moment we realized how much we can also get to know from the world outside just for the touch and um we also yeah we have uh, examples with people who can't see or who can't hear as well and still can experience um other things like mm -hmm. uh, we spoke about people people who are blind but also people who, who can't hear um i've been to also exhibition where a small part of it was a, um, a music membrane that mm -hmm. if you lean back towards it you can sense the vibrations on your skin and read the music this way. So people oh. who can't hear you could experience the music as well. And yeah, also another thing, um, the movement for vibroacoustic massage with Diana. Um, and it was uh, also a way of communicating through the music, um, towards your body, but through the sense of touch. So how can we actually mix those senses and uh, yes, and make everyone included to experience things? Yes, for the people who joined us recently, um, we, you are at the Alive podcast, um, which happens every Monday, and you are actually in the role of the host today, so you're very welcome to steer our conversation into the topic of touch today, and we are going to try to make, make it entertaining, but also try to take into consideration the points that you have on the matter, so please mm -hmm. join us. Um, we are always happy to share this virtual space and time with you guys. Um, yes, and I would like to go one step backwards because now we're talking about vibration and about um, uh, like other types of senses that we're activating as well. So can we also say what touch is not? Mm. <laughs> what I understand is that touch is really not as simple as I thought, uh, because it's very much connected to emotion. And as far as I understood it, it's like two processes, um, like two main ones, also many more, but uh, two main processes that are happening in our um, brain. So one is like, um, who am I, where I am, what am I touching, um, how, how, like, what, what is the, the texture of it? But then you also have the emotional part, like how does that make me feel? Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting that even through touch, we have like different feelings coming up. Sometimes um, there are textures that we touch and feel very weird and some are really nice and soft to touch, um, which made me realize that we maybe have some kind of aesthetics in touch, like aesthetics you would call them if it's like something beautiful when you like to watch at it, but maybe also in touch and like through this sense you also can find things that are appealing to you and you like um and some that are not so mm -hmm. so we can say that touch is not always pleasant for example mm -hmm. yes mm. true um yeah um i think um it's also interesting to see in within cultures that let's say one um in one culture it can be the touch can be erotic um to express only to the personal admiration uh, whereas in other countries it can be in other cultures 
it can be just like more regular things. So depending on the touch uh, expressed in one culture can mean also something else in another kind of culture. So it's not universal, maybe. That's mm -hmm. a nice one. Yeah. yeah, it can be experienced differently in by different yeah. people. Yes, and yeah, as we said, some some um, signs of affection for like some ways to express touch could be pleasant and some not. Mm. Um, I think it's also what touch is not. Um, um, I, I feel like there is a common understanding that, for example, when you um, get married and <laughs> you have family or you're just in a couple, you only need, need to receive all the touch and warmth and uh, from your partner. Uh, and it feels a little bit restricting, not in terms that you need to mm. have multiple partners, <laughs> but just in general that why is it that we only allow uh, our partners and maybe mm. uh, some of our closest friends into our private circle? Because this is a private sphere of, um, I don't know how many centimeters there were, like 15 centimeters, um, that there is there's a certain circles around you that you would call your very Personal intimate space. space, private space, and then public mm. sphere where it's accepted. So, oh, it's interesting. So there are like circles that you can actually maybe visualize. Yeah, where it's like okay, we intimate. Okay, we friends. Okay, we just met. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, and um, yeah. I have mentioned before in other episodes that I was part. Uh, I am still part from in a going to a community where touch is something very explorative. It's um, um, it's used to to explore, um, yeah, movements and sensations within the form of imprudence. Um, and there, realistically, I saw how touch could be could go in a group. For example, people could go way beyond the erotic assumption that you only touch another person because you want to show that you like them in, mm. in this way. But it's more, um, it became a different form of communication. It became a form of communication of um, what we can um, allow and what we also would put a boundary on as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How far we wanna go into this interaction with another person and how far we, we would say like, no, I don't feel comfortable uh, and this is my boundary. and how much respect we should pay to that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. so. It's an interesting topic. Um, before we dig into it deeper, I just wanted to share Nanda's comment. She said that um, for me, the touch, hug, kiss, even a handshake is a sign of expressing trust. For sure, it depends on the culture a person a part is a part of, but, uh, but also how confident is the person of expressing the feeling. And there is a question. Do you think, girls, the mm -hmm. touch as gesture of introducing new people in your life speaks for your ability to let people mm. close in your in, close to you in general um i think introducing can be quite yeah can communicate a lot the way you introduce people mm -hmm. yeah. I, for me personally i there was a moment in my life where i started mostly hugging people and i still for hello, I don't separate people if we know each other and we don't know each other. I just hug mm -hmm. because I realized that with, for at least for me personally, all of the thing with like handshaking or high five or like it, it could get so weird. And sometimes it's even like if you hug somebody, but then you give a high five to somebody. It's already a little bit offensive. <laughs> and that's why I think that um, like from this side, I, I do like to open up for, for everybody because I think that this makes the person from the other side also comfortable and you give like a very um, proper sign what interaction like you, you're starting. And from the other side, I also feel like this. Sometimes when I am ready to hug somebody and they're giving me a handshake, I'm like, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think I agree that it's a, it's kind of also a safe way because then you you know it's gonna be all right like it's not gonna be an awkward situation but I think it's also a sign of being a warm person and welcoming because if you give mm. someone a hug if you were not a warm and welcome person I don't I don't imagine it happening or maybe it would be so natural um, but I feel like every time I met a person who gave me a hug when I was in new circle. I felt this coziness of the group. I felt like it was open environment where people welcome each other. Um, whereas sometimes 
when you join into the new group and people just say hi to you. I, I've noticed mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I don't want to say it always happens like this, but in my experience, when people just say hello, um, they don't interact with you so much later on. It's just like they greet you, but they also a close circle, so they have their own um, group of people and maybe they're not so open for others. Whereas like when I received the hug, it was always followed by, you know, some conversation and like, you know, very, very warm introduction to, to the group. Yeah, so interesting. Well, firstly, I wanted to res like, respond to the question with a big yes, <laughs> because I think <laughs> the way how you introduce yourself and or another person into a group, you kind of put an anchor uh, where the communication starts. Are we going to be more than friends afterwards like now we're on a friendly equal common ground and then we allow um, this interaction to become more um or we are very formal and firm and uh, we have our reserve like reserve behavior a bit let's see what uh what this interaction has to offer in another another way mm -hmm. so um that was my initial like yes and a response that um it would be nice to consider how you would like to set the tone of, uh, of some mm. communication mm. and also to consider what is the atmosphere. If it's like a business environment, I wouldn't say <laughs> that always you need to risk with hugs um, because there are cultures, uh, for example, in Japan, who really don't um, don't do hugs so much. They would bow to each other, and then there would be a, a distance that shows respect. Um, so you might consider the cultural background, and you might consider the circumstances. Um, but one more thing that I wanted to touch upon um, that Vika mentioned about because we were also talking about culture, right, and warm people versus cold people and hugging. Um, oh. I'm <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah, cold to people. Like, let's say, I think, I think you, what you meant is like people of south and people of north. Yeah. Um, yes. Or, yes. Mm -hmm. Let's let's say it like this. I think we can we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was thinking also about personalities. Okay. Some people would be perceived as like you know more reserved, more practical, more like not mm -hmm. interacting so uh, closely with each other. Um, yes, but I have a very different experience um, with people who you would you would have a very nice conversation, um, and um, you would feel a bit that like you're accepted, of course, in the group. Um, but somehow you were unsure. You're mm -hmm. like there were no clear signs if you're if they're friendly with you, if they're just polite because there are some cultures that are really really polite. Um, and then I would I would be just um, okay my talkative bubbly self trying to figure out if it's too much or or it's fine. Um, but then at the end of this this meeting, this person who like really you think oh yeah probably they they kind of are okay with me but not really fond of me. They give you the like the biggest and warmest hug that you have ever experienced and they hold you for 30 seconds Aww. and then you're like wow where did that come from <laughs> so i thought wow this this is a way how hugging could be a sign of of i feel deeper for you um it's just that my nature doesn't show it other way so verbally i am i don't feel like i need to share it but this is my way of of showing mm -hmm. it so um so this is exactly what how people can surprise us through a different way of communicating with us and we need to listen to those signs we need to listen and, and be more observant because mm -hmm. sometimes you you misread the first initial um approach and then maybe that sets the tone for a different conversation yeah. later on so interesting and it's really showing this kind of like touch as the communication which is sometimes even stronger than words um, I don't know if it has happened to you, but there are moments in friendships and relationships and anything where you there is nothing to say, but just standing and being next to somebody or hugging somebody is enough and is communicating exactly what you can't put in words because, yeah, sometimes language apparently is not enough. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, like the moments when you feel that you don't have to talk, you just can sit next to each other, maybe sit in a hug or... It's a, yeah, it's another way of being with each other. So yeah, so I wish we could do it more often. And I don't know in our culture, mm -hmm. I don't know what's our culture, but <laughs> but 
but uh, I wish it was like more present because I find like when you close with someone, if it's a part, if it's a partner or a friend, it just like takes makes you more in ease with each other and um, and you feel more comfortable. But mm. still, you have those boundaries and they're coming from somewhere and um, there are people who who find touch more natural, there are people who feel more strange about this. And um, of course, there are some like, as we spoke, cultures that have more touch involved and the others have less of it. Uh, but it's also from person to person. So as we speak about observing and um, being aware about another person, um, we have to also be respectful in terms of that. Like usually, for example, I feel like when I want to have a hack, especially those days when we are <laughs> And then, no, you don't know if the person is also willing to do the so. So I remember the first days, I was just like saying hi and being respectful by not asking for a hug. But always the same as you, Vihra, I'm always like, when I say hi, I hug people. So for me, it was like natural thing. And then I had to put it on a pause. And then the way I do it, I'm just like opening my hands a bit and then seeing if the person reacts on that. <laughs> <laughs> also like kind of communicating. <laughs> And then if it doesn't react, I'm like, okay, okay, it's fine. But then if the person's like coming to me, yeah, I know. It's just so easy just to open your hands a bit and then to see what happens. Wow, that is <laughs> so thoughtful. You know, I surprised a couple of my friends and I surprised myself as well because I did exactly the opposite. I would just jump, like I would see the person and I would just jump into a hug because I would be so excited to see them. And then I got the reaction of like, Diana, what are you doing? It's mm -hmm. Corona time. And then I'm like, ah, yes, true. I'm so sorry. <laughs> So sometimes it goes faster, <laughs> but yeah. the approach is quite nice. <laughs> Just to be, yeah. if, if the other person really wants to be heard today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think also. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry, because we touched on Corona, and I know that this is not a topic that we want to spend like our um, whole podcast on, but I do think that it's changing a lot. Um, our community, like um, physical communication right now. Um, so what is your perception of it? Like, did it, how do you feel right now meeting friends? Um, it, does it feel like always, or do you first have like a weird um, moment and then everything turns back to normal? Um, I would also love to, the people that are listening, how their experience is right now, like post quarantine, uh, meeting again and physical exchange. Yes. <laughs> physical exchange. I would very curious for you guys sharing it with us because I feel we might have quite similar experiences and um, it differs from country to country. Like in one uh, place, it could be more strict, uh, the whole lockdown situation, and then maybe people start to live a little bit more in the fear. Uh, whereas in the other countries, it was not so much fault besides the fact that we had to self-isolate, but then mm -hmm. there was no so much fear or like, um, yeah, change of the behavior. I think it could be um, a case for Denmark. I can still sense um, some differences, but it's not as much as in other countries, I believe. Um, so guys, where are you joining from? Lisbon, Copenhagen, <laughs> whatever mm -hmm. else. Uh, share with us, how is it? Um, we, we did a poll on our uh, event a few days ago and we were asking actually what, what was the, um, the physical contact that people missed most um, and all of, uh, all of them were voting for hugs and I think this was like the most, the, something that we really missed so much um, and I can also challenge you here with a question, okay, imagine that um, from today on and from like post quarantine on there is no that much of a close physical contact and we really have to stick on bumping like elbows instead of um fists how how would life be different i, I just got chills on my skin <laughs> <laughs> oh, i immerse in this society environment and it's yeah it's quite it felt quite strange because for me, for one point of time, I started to question my approach because I felt that, oh, things are happening like this and then we have to self-isolate and then we have to avoid the contact 
physical contact, but then things gonna come back to normal and things gonna be as they were before. But then after some time you like, why do you think this way? Maybe actually think gonna change permanently. We're gonna be affected. Um, our society is going to be affected permanently. And that, this thought in the, in the beginning was a little bit scary because I was thinking, what if we have to isolate this much in the future and we have to avoid physical touch and, you know, stay digital in communication with each other. Um, but maybe it's, um, it's, it's just a new reality and we have to adapt to it. And, um, and then we have to like find our way to still be with each other, even if this scenario would happen, let's say, mm. we would, I think maybe we could find out a different way of expressing, of, um, yeah, of expressing our friendship and love and, yeah, moving beyond the physical. Mm. Mm. Although this, I know. this leads me on to the thought that um, when something is taken from us then we start appreciating it and if we have been on pause for quite a while it is also a, a moment to appreciate what how it feels like when you are around loved ones so and expressing your yourself better or like more that will be a, a note taken you know from mm -hmm. this experience mm -hmm. um but also it, i'm thinking about the fact that for example, one of the one of the thoughts that is leading me always is that um, would I like to have quality over quantity? So um, I'm thinking in a way, okay, maybe maybe we must in, in, imagine that we we stop touching each other at all and like have physical contact um, in order to live to lead a very long life. You know, that's that's the ultimatum, right? That we stay healthy so that we live a long life. But what what would be the quality of this life if it's if it's just mm. simply long without those those interactions that actually make us joyful, make us happy, make us feel that we are connected and that we're whole? Because most of my experiences are shared experiences with others, and it's true we can still share experiences like. New Year's being together at one place and just feeling the same energy and the same vibe and the same happiness and maybe having other forms of communication like singing and and so on that that might be true but um, yeah I'm just questioning if I would go without any contact or I would rather just use the time better to show my loved ones that I care mm -hmm. and I want to touch them. <laughs> yeah reflection um really beautiful i was actually reading to some stu um, studies did with orphans um whose kids haven't received that much um affection and like physical touch and it is proven that um later in life they develop um like they have a negative effect on their um brain and f physical development and also they develop very often aggression depression um so it's also having an, a huge impact on our like emotional being. Yeah, that is so true. And also uh, the same case about babies. I have also read that um, the more you have been hold as a kid, as a baby, um, especially in the first couple of months after mm -hmm. birth, the more you develop a mental pattern that the world is a safe space and mm -hmm you can and those people become more optimistic and then they become a little bit more daring because they feel that this it kind of the support sticks to us and um we, we grow with it um so that that was very interesting information for me as well um and the less the less uh, touch you had from your parents and from also other people not only your parents but all the other aunts and uncles around um, the less you will feel connected to others, you might become a little bit more introverted and you might be a bit also scared to pursue and risk um, like bigger dreams in life. Mm. I'm amazed how biological creatures we are and how important those things. So mm. much chemistry. Yeah. When I was growing up, I never thought about those things. It's just like lived in the world without giving, you know, 
as a kid giving it deeper meaning what touching someone can mean or not touching this person what can take away from that but it's just so much like rooted in our yeah biology as well um yeah the same as we're talking about kids now i just remembered um um that also it's interesting how kids get to know the world um so it doesn't start from like talking immediately they have to get to know or asking questions they have to get to know the world in some different way first so they touch a lot of things when you get when you come to a baby and then you hold something they just get immediately very curious what is that and they um they try to grab with their hand uh, what happens next they put it in their mouth <laughs> And he's trying to taste it. And then we're just like, oh, this is what babies do. But now I read this study saying that our lips has so much sensors to that they can feel the things, also the tongue. So I'm like, now it all makes sense. So they just get to know what is this thing. And <laughs> interesting fact, we adults also use those receptors very much because it's proven that actually the first kiss is the indicator if you have compatibility or not. Mm. So we're quite like maybe unconsciously using those receptors and be like, hmm, this this was a nice kiss. So I like this person. Yeah. <laughs> But as we are live and we really appreciate our audience and our uh, our host today, we have a comment that is that has been here for a while and actually a challenge to for us. Petko is asking, in your experience, um, what is the bandwidth of perception that touch can hold? What human and more than human needs and wants is touch not capable of transmitting? What an interesting challenge. Hmm. I need a, Dara, can you rephrase the first question for me? Because I'm not sure if I'm understanding it correctly. Um, yes. So I think it's, um, it's about how long, like, how, what is the span that um, touch mm -hmm. our, like, uh, Yeah, what what does it make? How long can it last as a perception? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually have a comment on that, on the first one, because it's um, I read that um, neuroscientists prove that um, because touch is um, a collect like collection of senses um, and of signals, collection of signals, and our brain is working with those signals and needs the time to to mm. um, transmit it and to collect everything in gathering so basically we're always getting a little bit uh a, like an old picture of reality because in the moment that that we actually uh, can work our brain can work with the with the sensorial input it's already a new reality outside. So there, there is new data around us. The temperature has changed. Uh, the wind has changed. Everything has changed. So you are like always nanoseconds a little bit behind of what's happening around you. And I thought it's a very fun fact. So funny. <laughs> But we're doing our best. We're doing our best to stay present. I think this is a good, good way to understand mindfulness and what is the what is the purpose to try to just sense without thinking um because thinking is already uh, an active mental work upon what you have sensed but the, the process of sensing is basically the collection of data from the external environment mm -hmm. and the internal probably because yeah. then you can sense how your body feels today actually um, when we talk about collecting data and senses Uh, it's also quite interesting what's happening in the product design and technology. They've been um, mm. they've been designed wearables or yeah like bracelets or maybe t-shirts that can collect this information coming from your body and translate into the language that actually tells you what it means. Mm. Um, so like maybe one of the examples it could be um, I saw this project um, by um, by a group of young students from US. And they designed this T-shirt. Um, I'm trying to remember the name right now. I think it was called Paul, P-A-L. And they were designing this T-shirt that can gather information from autistic person that's wearing it. Uh, what is how do they feel? Because um, uh, as I read, in um, autistic people can have meltdowns, which is as I understood a moment where they 
emotions are coming or anger or some disappointments and it's just like comes as a flow of emotions and uh, this t-shirt can collect this information and predict like if it's coming so then the person who's a, a caretaker can come to them and calm them down maybe touch them or give them a mm -hmm. hug and just yeah so uh it's quite interesting how can we uh work with with uh, with this uh, sending of information for our body and translating into some mm. tools some products that can help yeah can help people yeah yeah i love this example and the fact that we're um, mentioning technology because i have also another example of um, the brand i think it's called urine man they started creating um wearables like uh, vests and uh, clothing that has um also sending signals and collecting data, but more sending um, vibrations, vibrations and signals to the body and helping blind people um, to orient themselves in the environment. So mm -hmm. I thought it's quite interesting because um, if you think about it with for blind people, it's um, um, there are not so many technological improvements, I think, um, and there are some tech gadgets like glasses that are always around the organ that is not like not um, working correctly but it's so interesting how you can use the rest of the body to um to steer and navigate um, mm -hmm. and yeah orient yourself mm. so i think technology has um yeah has amazing mm, things to offer in terms of, uh, of touch and maybe also science and in yeah. combination both can open really new doors of how we yeah. understand and perceive our bodies and design as well <laughs> when you combine those three together you can create quite powerful things yeah um, i absolutely stand behind and it's interesting because mo mostly like when i hear technology in um in relation to something so human as touch is or like a um, emotions i always have a little bit of a resistance and i'm questioning like is this i think that there should be like some kind of boundary with ethics and how like yeah where how much technology is really involved in our life but in things like this i think it's so amazing and i'm only looking forward to seeing i don't know two years three years from now i think um the research is going to be much 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 more in-depth and we can finally understand a little bit better this brain that we have in our heads and we don't know so many of the things that are happening there so many things we don't know so many still things undiscovered um yeah and just wanted to do a little reminder for you guys who are joining us right now um we are like design circle and we invite you to uh, join us in our conversations on different topics that we find relevant nowadays um we also want to um inspire you uh, to become a life designer um so welcome if you just joined us <laughs> and please um bring your questions um your perspectives in the comments if you have some and um, yes and girls what is what how does it feel to be a life designer <laughs> the big ah. question of the day <laughs> i think it feels empowering the moment when I realized consciously that one can be a life designer, I felt yeah quite empowered. It felt I can do much more with my life than um, than I saw before. <laughs> I felt super playful. For me, it was like, oh, so I can do with it whatever I want to. <laughs> like there is no. I think for a very long time I was thinking that there is a right way. There, there is a right path, and there is it was me struggling with understanding okay now is this the right thing is or is this the right thing mm -hmm. and then i realized that it's it's just you deciding on your values and your ideas of life and what you want and how you want to live your life um and just playing with it and seeing how it turns out and if it's apparently not feels good at some point you're like okay step back then try again so playful, Daya. It feels very playful. Oh, nice. I love this answer and I can chip to it as well. <laughs> How is it for you? Mm, to me, it, um, it's, it was actually very, I felt connected. It opened doors mm. towards other people um, because most of the time in like before thinking uh, in terms of life design, I was more thinking in terms of like, I need to achieve something or I need to, 
you know, perform in a way that um, um, I need to represent myself and like do everything perfectly or so. But then I realized that when I when I open up my eyes a bit and look around, there are other people who have also motivation to do things and they would like to contribute and they have similar visions about things. And it yeah, it felt really connected. And I started daring, asking for favors, asking for um, or like introducing ideas and saying like, would you like to contribute? And then I was so surprised how other people would put energy, time and effort to create things that I also wanted to be created. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was not only me fighting for a cause, but it became us fighting or not, not even fighting, but being playful um, to create something that didn't exist before, just because it like we can imagine it and why shouldn't it be possible? Mm-hmm. Um, and um in those terms, maybe maybe I would like to connect somehow the topic that we have today um, with life design and why we believe that touch is important. Um, it's also because we as life designers, we don't think that uh, it's an individual task. We collaborate, we do it together, we support each other. It might be uh, like that Vikra is supporting us from far away and it's not true touch. That might also answer the question of Petco, what human needs cannot be, um, we cannot transmit to touch. We, we can be there for each other, even if it's far away. Um, yeah, but it's a lot about support and collaboration and giving feedback that is towards growth and giving feedback that is respectful enough for what we have done so far mm-hmm. um, but it's more about how can we how can we help you to grow in the way that you want to grow how can mm-hmm. we support your vision and if your vision it might be also somebody else's vision or part of it on mm-hmm. the way so um, yeah I think this is a small bridge that I'm trying to make with the topic today mm-hmm. Thank you. I like that, and I, I actually see it. We've been talking about it a little bit around the topic of uh, community and tribes. Um, but I think one of the most important things when you start to um, design your life or work intentionally on on your life, it's really support and knowing that uh, you're not alone on this quest. But there are also other people who are also trying to do the same. And it's one thing to to have the support from far away. As you said, it's another thing to stand next to each other to and to feel physically that you are held and there is space for you that's being held. Um, and yeah, I think touch can be um, a very nice tool to make somebody feel safe and make somebody feel loved and supported. I know that for me, I can give you an example um, in a friendship that I have. Um, with a very, very close friend of mine. We sometimes have like conversation on our friendships or our self-development. And sometimes there, these conversations are hard. So it's not only um, about the positive things, but also the negative and giving a real feedback to one another. Um, so we started holding hands every time we have conversation like this. And it may sound really weird, but at the same time, I feel so much in this moment, when you, you're there with this person and you're holding hands, you know that um, this is whatever you're saying, it's coming from a place of love and you're there for this person. And I can only invite everybody to really um, try this in no matter aspect. It could be with a loved one, it could be in relationship, but really touch and this hold that you create is, um, yeah, really. <laughs> I see Daya smiling and holding. Yeah, <laughs> that well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's a big. It's, yeah, it can have a very big impact. I love that. It's beautiful what you shared. I have one thing that is also like bubbling in me to share because it is a lot about opening space, a safe space that we're talking about. But I would really want to say that it's also about boundaries. It's this empowerment that we mentioned. Um, it's the empowerment to to know where are your boundaries and to feel free to set such boundaries because this is how we this is how we learn and how we grow. And um, I I would like to challenge you guys um, next week, like try to identify where your boundaries are. 
if you are a person who never goes beyond the comfort zone, just try to be more um, social with other people and more, more touchy and, and like uh, identify what Vika said, like, do you want a hug right now? Can I give you one? Because I really feel like it. And um, and if you are a person who is always giving hugs, maybe step up, like take a step back and see if if how does it feel not to be so actively out there. Um, so yeah, I think um, boundaries are very important, um, and touch is a, a like a. It's, topic and a source of great inspiration because boundaries are what makes what gives us direction they give us direction on um how we want to um what do we do we appreciate and what we want to allow in our life but what we don't want to allow in our life because it doesn't feel good so um yeah this feels like a very important thing to say mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it and yeah I think it's important to know yourself and understand also be empathetic to other people uh it's all about yeah listening to yourself and to other people to in order to yeah create better connections with yourself as well as with the others mm. absolutely so we have a couple more minutes um and hi to Paula thank you for joining us yes. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Daya, go ahead. I was thinking, what is the one thing that you would um, bring um, today from our conversation home, so to say? What is one learning mm -hmm. or like, in, like insights that uh, stroke you today? I got very inspired by what Vika said about kids. You know, just to remember how how it was where when I was little to explore things. Um, so I think I will make a challenge for myself to um, try to connect a little bit more with touch and explore uh, more with my hands and not only my whole body, but I think this is something that, <laughs> yeah, spark an inspiration within me. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I have two things. <laughs> no, maybe I just... <laughs> by one i feel inspired to explore and exercise the feeling of touch um yeah it's quite similar what you say Vivra, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to go back to this uh podcast that i started listening today uh and just like close my eyes and tune into my body and start sensing things around me and to get a better sense of it and yeah yeah mm -hmm. i think i would start appreciating more when touch is present mm. and the lack of touch when when it's mm. not present but also something that we didn't really mention it's um uh, self-touch <laughs> in mm. a way that you like maybe you give yourself a hug um when there is a stressful situation yeah. or you just give yourself a massage um massage is always really helpful to relax and um yeah and um, just wrap up the day maybe so this is something that I start started slowly learning a little bit when there is nobody to provide, uh, you know, care. Or <laughs> most of the things that we like to touch are given to us in one way or another with a good intention, hopefully. Um, when there is nobody around, then you can do it yourself as well and appreciate that you are mm -hmm. worth giving it I to yourself. It. I love it. Like <laughs> Daya. <laughs> Like that. On that um, as a question, I, I would love to invite everybody to, um, after we end the podcast, you can come to our event or our page of Live Design Circle and um, you can vote in our poll for the topic of next Monday. Um, also, you can follow us on Instagram. We now have an Instagram profile uh, called Live Design Circle altogether where we try to um, upload, we don't try to, we always upload the insights of every podcast and the, the things that we had. So yes, you can find this also there. And um, something very special is that from today on, the people who have missed our um, lives here, you don't have to re-watch it on Facebook. We have uploaded raw all of the episodes on Spotify. So you can find found this in Spotify. Paula, this is also for you. Um, I think we, we heard it just because it's going to be much um, 
uh, more easy for you to have access to our conversations. As I said, it's very raw, it's unedited. We just um, um, made it because we received some uh, feedback that it's going to be easier for you to join us also there. Yeah, that's it from my side. Thank you, guys. It was lovely to have this conversation and have you with us. Um, I hope it brought some insight to you and some reflections, some food for thought. And we hope to see you next Monday. Yes. And we're very excited on what kind of topic you are going to vote because that gives us a lot more food for thought. Um, so we are mm. expecting your votes and your comments. If you have any proposals and if you have any ideas based on the things that you have heard so far that we're um, talking about, please don't hesitate and just use the space with topic other. Then you, you can just write down yeah. what you would like to hear. Agreed. Yes. Have a great evening, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us and we'll stay in touch. <laughs> See you. See you. Thank you.